Thank you for listening to the Convergence Podcast. We pray that God speaks to you during this message and that he moves in your life. So I, I believe that God is right now in the season that we're in, there's, been, there's so much realignment that's taking place. And sometimes that realignment comes with a lot of conflict, comes with a lot of this going on because we don't war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the violent take it by force. Heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. And so what we're seeing is we're seeing these kingdoms clash um, and taking place. And I, I would just encourage you guys to make sure you keep the perspective that we war against flesh and blood out in front of you and not target people. Um, and continue to pray, continue to intercede. Think about just visit the word of God. They're up against the Red Sea. They're, they're Daniel's thrown in a lion's den. You know, the three Hebrew kids are thrown in a furnace. And the, the political you know, people at that point, you know, the king is looking in there and says, I see somebody else in, the, in that furnace. And he looks like the son of God. And it's, it's like God is showing up. And we are, we are being put in the furnace. It's almost like the Lord has taken the, the church and put us in the furnace. And, and we're being refined right now. There is a refining that's taking place in the body of Christ. And I'm telling you that we're going to come out as gold, as refined gold. Uh, and we're, there's dross that's being burned up. In this season, there's things that we, we just we, we put down that there's lives that are being changed. We're, we're actually reevaluating our hearts before the Lord, like what it means to be a follower of Jesus, because everyone, everyone's a Christian. You know, everyone's a Christian until it gets biblical. And then, there's, then there, comes a, there comes a separation. And I, I feel like, and that's not judgmental or anything. I'm just saying that we have to hold true to who Jesus is, and we have to hold true to the Word of God. Right now, there's a, there's a, there's a war over the Word. And we are being challenged like, like uh, I can't think of another time in, in my lifetime where we're being challenged uh, at such a level of intensity right now and we're being forced to, to call, you know, forced to call this is what the Word of God says over the opinion of men and philosophies and all the things that are, that are being, um, that are coming at us on, in every single direction. And so I really wanted to take, this is the last, this is our third week on this, and just kind of pound this reality into us, pound's not a good word, um, share this reality, pound, you know, that, that the word of God is eternal, that the word of God is truth. The word of God doesn't just, the word of God doesn't contain truth, it is truth. And we have to, we have to settle those things out and the, and we have to, to live by the word, not just memorize the word. We need to live by the word. And if you can't see it in the life of Jesus and you can't see it in the word of God, you have every reason to question it and you have every reason to reject it. 
regardless of what the popular opinion is. And so if we follow church history, and if we talk about revivals and past seasons, and we talk about reformations, and we talk about all those happened with conflict. All those happened with a sense of separation. And so, so we're in that season right now. And the Lord is refining us. And if you know, if you, if you know me, I was going to say, but you do know me. Um, if you've been around with us for a while, it's kind of what I said. Uh, in the past, it's like you have, we have to take the season that we're in and we have to allow the Lord to refine us and squeeze every nutrient out of it. So, so yes, it's been hard. Yes, it's been difficult. Yes, it's been challenging beyond measure. You know, yes, there's, there's many, many questions. There's many different, different levels of you know, opinion and all these things that are taking place. And, but for the believer, we're anchored in Christ. I don't know how you actually move through this as an unbeliever. Like if you don't have Jesus as an anchor, if you don't have the word of God as a standard, I, I don't know how you, and that's why so many fall into depression and so many, you know, suicide is up and, and you know, divorce is up and, and all kinds of things are, are spiking right now in this season. And this is the time for, I think Andrew was, was just declaring that to arise and to shine and and to be the light of, in the world. And this is our opportunity. This is our opportunity to be refined and to shine. And I just, and this is, these are bringing us into new levels of trust, right? New levels of trusting in the Lord. I mean, diving into the secret place, believing the word of God, being challenged by the word. And so I just want to encourage you, we are going to get through this season. And... We are going to get through this season. <laughs> We're going to get through this season and the Lord will be glorified. I mean, when we come out on the other side, we're going to see that every trial was worth it. Every difficult situation was worth it. I was reading, I, I posted this on, the, on our YouTube uh, channel this morning, but I felt like it's applicable for us. It's Psalm chapter 5, verse 11. This is all intro. Um, it says, but let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy. Do you know what that means? That means that in the shouting, joy comes. It's the process of the shout that releases joy. In fact, if you're online with us, I think we should all just shout right now. Count of three. One, two, three. Just go ahead and lift up a shout. <laughs> so let them shout, ever shout for joy because you, New King James, capital Y-O-U, because you defend them. Who defends you? Jesus does. Who defends us? God does. Because you defend them, let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. Everyone say righteousness. Oh, that's a whole nother sermon series. 
living righteously. This is a standard that God's calling us to. It got quiet. To live righteously. With favor, you will surround him with a shield. Hallelujah. The favor of the Lord resting on us. All right. So what I want to do is I want to wrap up kind of what we've been on this journey uh, regarding God is love and the word of God. So um, first of all, we just, let me just give, me, give you five minutes of a quick review. God didn't create you to extract anything from you. If I were to, if I were to ask you, why, are, why were you created? Some people would say I was created to serve God. Some people would say I'm created for worship. And that's really, that's real close. But really, you are created for God to give you himself. You are created for God to give you something. And that something is himself. Because love always gives. Love always gives first and God always gives first. And so our response to that relationship, our response to God giving himself to us is worship. We can't be thankful enough for him coming into our lives when we didn't deserve it. We have to be, we have to be so grateful that even in our sin, even, even though we were completely lost, he came down. And he went to a cross for us. And my response to that is eternal gratitude. It's worship. It's declaration of who he is. So God has fashioned us. God has created us in his image and likeness. He has created us with the capacity to know him and respond to him. We're not created like the reptiles and the animal kingdom and the flower kingdom and all those things that God just kind of locks it all in and they just do their stuff, right? Birds migrate, fish do, you know. Anyway, God locks it all in. It's called instinct. He locks it all in, but with us, he's given us a choice because love always demands choice. Some people can actually force other people to do things, but no one could ever force you to love somebody. And nobody could ever, yeah, no one could ever force you to love, or vice versa. So because love operates in the realm of freedom. Liberty is God's idea. Always been God's idea. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And there's a difference between liberty and freedom, which we won't get into today. But where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so God is a God of, of liberty. He's a God who wants to love us. And he's a God who's actually given us a choice to love him back. So we're going to have to choose one way or the other. And we have this lifetime to actually respond to God's love or reject it. And we know what the eternal, the eternal consequences are of us loving him fully or rejecting him. That's clear in the word. So God doesn't demand something out of me to make my life miserable and hard. He actually 
has purposely knit me together and has, has created me with a purpose and I am actually conformed to his image and to his likeness and as the creator, he knows exactly what I need and he knows why I was created and he knows how best I function as a man and you as a woman or a man. Like we are made in his image and likeness. I call that original design. So the word of God, the truth of the word of God comes to me not as laws so much or not as a top-down authority. This is what you have to do in order for God to like you. The word of God comes to me and actually instructs me on how he has designed me to live. Sin means, my voice has changed, means missing the mark. So when we sin, we actually miss the mark of how we're created to live. Sin has not worked for anybody, nor will it ever work for anybody. Someone said this years ago, sin is insanity. Because it hasn't worked for anybody in the past, and it won't work for anybody in the future, but we keep doing it. So as we, as we miss the mark in our lifestyle, in our sin, there's something, there's a lie that we believe that actually keeps us from our creator. And so we, we have, you know, two powers on the earth. We have light and we have darkness. We have the father of lies. We have our heavenly father. And there's a war for our soul and there's an actual narrative from heaven for us, and there's actually a narrative from hell from somebody else to humanity. And the question is, what narrative do we believe, and what narrative will we choose to live by? So when I, when I talk about the Word of God, I'm not talking so much about the laws of God as being restrictive, and for some reason, that is always, that is what's being communicated about, let's say, followers of Jesus, is that it's a restricted life. It's a life where there's rules and regulations and all these, and it's super narrow, and it's super confining, and it's the complete opposite. You'll never be more free than when you follow Christ. You'll never be more free by living in the word and through the word, letting the word of God be lived through you. You'll, be, you'll never be more confined by living in sin. You'll never be more tormented than by choosing that life of sin. What I'm trying to say is that when we live for Jesus and Jesus is living through us and we live by the word, we just found true freedom. Is there any men in the house? But the word of God says in Romans 1 that we suppress the truth. 
that people suppress the truth and they keep suppressing the truth and they keep suppressing the truth and their hearts grow callous. There's never a moment where God is not continuing to try. I don't know if I said that right, but there's never a moment when God ceases to continue to try and convince you of his love. You can actually take your fist and shake it to God and tell him how much you hate him, and he'll give you the breath to do it. I remember years ago, I went to a, a Rick Warren conference. And I, this is the first time I heard, I, don't, I think I was a youth pastor. That was a way long time ago. Um, and he made this point, and I believe him. People who aren't coming to Jesus are choosing to believe a lie about God that's not true. That's why we don't war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So there's two narratives that are written for us. And people who continue to choose the narrative of the, of the enemy actually fall into things like what we see in Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. It says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. That's an old word. That just means promiscuity. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, who practice such things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. God's law, God's prescription in Scripture serves two purposes to protect you and to provide for you. A good dad or a good mom will have rules in place to serve, to serve two purposes, to protect and to provide. I said this a couple weeks ago, but we always ta taught our kids when they cross the street, stop, look, and listen. Three words, and we used to always emphasize, you know, what do you do? Stop, look. Okay, I, I heard that. Yeah, I got it, Dad. Stop, look, and listen before you cross the street. Why? Because I want to protect them from a car coming, and I want to provide a long life for them. The words on, this, on these pages, confined in the leather or on the digital device that you have, are set in place to protect and provide for you always. So when I read the Word of God, when, I read, when I'm in Galatians chapter 5, I don't want to skip over verse 19 through 21 because Paul is writing to me, telling me that the things that are, that are written right down this list, I don't even know, that's a long list. These things work to actually destroy how I'm designed to live. So when I begin... If I begin to, to put my feet into these kinds of areas right here, I'm actually working against God's design for my life. It's not so much, it's not so much, oh, it's sin and get away from it. It's actually working against me. 
it's, it's corrupting me. It's corrupting how I have been designed to live by my creator. And so what happens when I begin to engage in these things, they, there becomes a breakdown inside of me. And the result of that has repercussions not only for me, but for the ones that I love. Sin is seldom isolated. Well, it's just my life. No, it's not. There's going to be repercussions for the things that we do here because we're not designed to live like this. We pull ourselves out of God's design. This is not healthy. Are you all right? So is God controlling? Is God unloving? Can't love just, can't love just be defined, do whatever I want? That's not love. Love is always seeking the highest good, always. Always. And God's love is perfect love. So he's given us these things in scripture to actually protect and provide for us because he's seeking our highest good because he is love always. He doesn't turn it off. So when I read scripture, the good and the bad, the things I need to avoid and the things I need to do. So it's not enough just to not do the don'ts, we need to do the do's. So there's consequences, good ones and bad ones. Let me tell you, Hollywood has a narrative for you. Netflix has a narrative for you. You see, the movie Cuties that came out a couple weeks ago paints a narrative for 11 and 12-year-olds. There's a narrative coming down through media that's been around four years. My voice just cracked again. Four years, I'm hitting puberty. <laughs> coming down for years, this is not new. It just has a broader audience that there is actually a narrative from the, from the enemy and it's actually John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal to kill and destroy, that's the narrative. To wreak havoc in your life, to actually destroy your life, to have your life be, be cancerous spiritually, that is his plan. That's the narrative. And then there's a narrative from heaven, which is many verses in scripture, but I'll just read Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And so when we, so, so that was an easy decision for me to cancel Netflix. Because I can't support the narrative. I can't. And there's things that are, on Netflix, like if you love cooking, you know, like dessert shows and fun stuff like that. My wife, Wendy, she's on, and the competition last night was intense. 
and this and this woman, she didn't, she didn't, she didn't go like she didn't go all out. She didn't. She lost the competition in this person who had that cupcake. Whatever it is, right? <laughs> How many guys like the, you know, you like the cooking shows, like you know, all that? And I get a big kick out of it because like they're bringing out these cupcakes, right? And they have this intense music, dun 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 dun, you know. And, she, and time's running out, and the music's intensifying, you know. And you're like getting involved, and you're swept into it. I hope she makes it on time, you know. And then they're like, and they go back up like this, like that, and the music goes, doom, you know. I mean, it's super clever how they do it. I mean, I'm a I'm a competitive guy, so if it gets me involved, I'm just like. You know, that's why I don't, I don't even want to watch them because I know. I go, I don't like those shows. Really, the problem is, is that if I sit down for five minutes, I'm looking at the TV set and I'm watching the show. I don't know if there's anyone who feels my pain. Like, <laughs> I'd rather not even, anyway. So that was an easy decision for me because I can't support the narrative. Plus, I saved myself 18 bucks a month. Because I had HD and, you know, it starts at 9.99 and it goes up, right? So we have to be careful. We have to be discerning. And when you, when you have the values locked in and you have the theology right, decisions become easy. Like we say things like, and I'm just using my personal conviction, canceling Netflix was easy because the values were already locked in for me. I can't support this. I can't support what that might happen due to pedophiles. I can't support sexualizing our children It's easy for me just to check the box and say, I'm done with Netflix. And there are times when the ways of God, it says in Isaiah 55, verse 9, that the ways of God and the thoughts of God are higher than my thoughts. So there'll be things that are in the word that I'm not going to understand. And I love that. I mean, I love the fact that I can go into the Word and well, I think we'll be, I mean, I could, I could spend all day in the Word of God because one question, I just follow the trail. But there are certain things that God, the Lord says in Scripture that I don't, I don't fully understand, but I recognize who He is. I recognize His heart for me. And I recognize how He's designed me. So coming online with what He's saying in the Word Though I don't understand it, it's easy for me to take a step into, at least with obedience. And, as, and if you have ever, ever raised kids, they're going to ask the why question. You're going to say, hey, don't do this, and they'll say why. But sometimes when they ask the why, you know that the answer is over their head. Like you can try and provide the answer, but they're not going to be able to understand the answer. And so what we'll do is we'll just say, just trust me on this one. 
You might not understand it, but just trust me on this one. Because as parents, we have a view that they don't have. And as believers, we don't have the view that God has. So that's why it's so important for us to hear and obey the word of God, even though we don't understand the word of God. It doesn't mean we don't question. It doesn't mean we don't dig deeper. It doesn't mean we don't ask the spirit of God for revelation. We do. And to me, that's the fun, fun part. But if the foundation is wrong, if I see God as a God of wrath instead of a God of love, then the word of God that sits on my view of God actually impacts my life. If God is angry, then the word of God is coming to me in a, vo- in a tone that's, that's, that's angry or, or in a tone that's actually controlling or in a tone that, that I'm, I'm a, this little person and he's a big God and I better do it because he's going to be really be ticked off at me. Or I respond to him out of a place of knowing that he's love and the word of God comes to me from a loving father who has a heart for me, who has a future for me, who has a purpose for me, who has a purpose for my wife, who has a purpose for my kids. He has a purpose for me even through the generations, for my grandchildren. So the the words of God, David had the revelation. The words of God come to us as a delight. The words of God come to us as, as, as n- nutrients spiritually that actually refresh us and renew us. It's not God's ticked off at us and here's the word and God's somehow bigoted, but that's what the narrative is. So when we talk about things like adultery, when we talk about things like homosexuality, when we talk about things about transgender and gender who knows how many there are, you know, all these kinds of things. Those are, those are thoughts coming outside of the word. They're not out of the pages of the word. It's a narrative that comes out of a place of, I'll just say some, some, some of it is like, yes, it's crazy rebellion. Some of it is just not understanding. Some of it, they're just coming from hearts that have been orphaned who don't know who their heavenly father is, and it's our responsibility as the church to actually witness to people, bring them to Christ, so we can get them on God's page where there's actually a hope and a future. And if not, if we've separated ourselves from that, then we actually create something outside of the word of God, which is actually outside of our our original design and how we're supposed to live, and the reason why God says things, doesn't condone these kinds of behavior is because this actually works against our design. It works against us as humans. I hope that makes sense. So what we do is we love here. We bring God's love here. We don't compromise God's truth. We bring his love. We show compassion. We seek to understand the why behind the what. They're broken. But we never stop standing on the word. 
Not because it's like this, it's because this is an invitation to what freedom truly is and how God has actually designed them to live. Here, he's, the scripture says that the devil is the father of lies. And anything that's outside of the scriptures is something that's, that's going to wreak havoc on how we're designed. But truly, honestly, if you got right down to it, everyone is looking to be loved and accepted. And only God can fill that place. As we move through, the, as we move through this season, it's important that we, we lift high the living word, which is Christ, and the written word, which is his love letter to you and me. We cannot compromise the word and bring it down to the level of the culture. This is not saying that, because we struggle with this. Well, if we just bring the word down It'll give us a voice of compassion. It won't. It won't. The word of God is actually God's design for how we're supposed to live. You never lower that standard. You actually cheapen grace. It's not unloving to hold the word here. It's never unloving. I'm going to get, hopefully get some amens somewhere. It's not unloving to hold the word high. Jesus poured his blood out for this. But I'm actually shocked by how uneducated, I'll say, the church is as a whole regarding the word. And... I'll say this, you can know the word and not know Jesus. Just ask the Pharisees. So it's out of relationship. It's out of communion with the Father that he actually gives us the, the nutrients from heaven to actually live the word. And the more, the more love you have in a relationship, I'm talking about true love, the less rules you'll need to keep the relationship. Rules minus relationship equal rebellion. So the more agape love, and I'm talking about eros or, you know, all these different forms of love. I'm talking about God's love, unconditional, keeps coming unconditional, unconditional, unconditional. I know what you did. I know your past. I know your private thoughts. I know, I know it all, and I still love you the same. My love doesn't change. It's in theology we say God's love is constant. It just keeps coming. It's like a big tidal wave. Well, I did this, and well, I did that. I know. I still love you. But I didn't earn it. I know you didn't. You'll never earn it. But I still love you. Well, what do I have to do? Surrender. 
Well, don't I have to do something? No, surrender. Well, that's not what I was told. Surrender. And then let me do the work through you. Oh, he's, he's giving you the Holy Spirit. Well, well, how do I? You just keep surrendering. Well, when I get saved, I have to do. No, you don't. You just keep surrendering and let him do it through you. Oh, come on now. I know I'm going over. It's minus 16, but I got it late. When I got saved, I know I, I know it was only 16. I know I said it before. No one threw a Bible at me. They said, go live it. When I got saved, I didn't come out of a Christian home. When I got saved, everything changed inside of me. I'm like, I don't feel like, I mean, I, I stopped cursing and cussing. And, you know, I'm 16 years old, like, you know. I stopped stealing. I stopped. It's not because someone got in my face with a finger and said, you can't do this. It's like it's the work of God inside. My heart was changed. And the things I used to love, I began to hate. And the things I used to hate, like going to church and any other, I began to love. It's called transformation. It's called regeneration. It's a work of God inside a man or a woman. And the problem is, is that if we pick up works after we're saved, we fall into the book of Galatians. And we fall into the book of Romans. We we begin to pick up works as a means of keeping God happy. God is happy with you. God loves you and is happy with you. Maybe that's next week. All right. God is happy with you. God loves you and God is happy with you. So as we leave this part of the, 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 the little brief series, I just really want us to, I just felt like the last two or three weeks, it's like let them know how much I love them. Let them know why the word of God is coming to them. It's out of a foundation of my love, not out of my wrath. It's coming out of a foundation of my willingness to transform a life rather than my anger. And the culture here doesn't understand that. So they think God is narrow. They think it's bigoted. They think all these things because they haven't met Christ. They haven't met Jesus. That's our job. At least to partner with heaven to bring Christ. The people that you're working with, the people that God has connected you with. I can't live in your world and you can't live in mine, but we're responsible for the people that God has put in our lives. That makes sense? So one side here, if we have organizations that are functioning outside of the word, I have to recognize first that they're orphaned spiritually. So I can't, I'm not going to cast all my anger toward them. They're broken. 
No, I don't agree with calling up ancestor. I don't believe in ancestor, ancestor worship and calling up. I, I don't believe in any of this. That's outside the word. Easy for me. But my heart is broken because they're actually thinking that, that there's a response that they're going after that somehow it's filling the void in their life and it truly isn't. So that's what we pray. You don't have to be praying King James. Just say, Lord, give me the, compa your, the compassion that's in your heart. Give it to me for that person. Now, if that person said, hey, do you believe in that? I'll say, no, I don't. It's easy for me. And somehow I have to get them to where Jesus is. I'm not going to get sidetracked. Somehow the Lord's going to have to give me some revelation on how to bring them to the cross. Because that's where the transformation is. It was for me. I hope it was for you. You know, it's that, it's the word metamorphosis, right? You're a new creation. Same word. It's the caterpillar into a butterfly. Same word. That's what Jesus does in the heart. It's transformation. So let's pray for our culture. Let's pray for these leaders who are leading these movements. Let's pray for our media. Let's pray for those who are running hard with this narrative. Let's pray that God would break in. I mean, I'm always amazed when I read Acts chapter 9. There's Paul dragging people out of houses, putting them in prison, and then the Lord meets them. Acts chapter 9, everything changes from that point on. There's no, one that's, there's no one that's unreachable. I understand a righteous anger. That's cool. Make sure that we're prayerful. Make sure we ask for the Father's compassion for a broken world. Make sure we're not condemning. But make sure we don't wink at sin either. We need wisdom. Hold high the word. Keep Jesus lifted high. Move in God's heart. As our Heavenly Father, ask Him, what do you think about this person? How do you want me to pray for this person? You'll get God's heart. Always pray heaven to earth. Don't get involved in the second heaven warfare. It's just not a pleasant trip. Find out what heaven's saying, find out what heaven is doing, and respond. Don't react. Let's stand. Twenty-three minutes over. Wow. But I got it twenty I only had twenty minutes, so. So, Father, thank you for the living word, Jesus, and thank you for the written word. Thank you for the love letter that you have given us, the instructions, the owner's manual on how we're to live. And, God, I pray that we would be responsive to the word, not because it's an angry, joyless God, 
in heaven that is commanding us to live this way. It's actually a gracious heavenly father that is trying through the word to protect and provide, seeking our highest good always. And Father, you're the perfect Father. And your heart is always moved by love. Always, 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 always. So we just willingly yield to the word and we hold it high. We hold it high in a culture. We hold it high in our workplace. We hold it high in our neighborhood. We hold it high on social media. We don't throw scripture to pound something into people. We want to release truth with grace. Help us to release truth with grace. Never compromising truth, but always come as the father did, running after the wayward son and putting their arms around a culture. And Father, I pray that this week that you would... I just pray for these divine appointments this week that you would, you would set us up <laughs> in a good way that we could be, we could bring the word of God, the life of Jesus to people who need Christ. And we recognize that truth is never afraid of a question. You are the way, the life, and the truth. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Amen. All right. Thanks again for listening. For more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to our channel. God bless.